0: What is up everyone and welcome to episode 496 of Combo's Court and you know who it is. I am Combo. Today's show is a New York Knicks-centric episode of Combo's Court with Dexter Henry of SNYTV. We discuss the Knicks offseason moves, Nova Knicks, I even share who I think should be the coach of the New York Knicks and improvement areas for R.J. Barrett. Just a fantastic conversation with Dexter Henry. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Dexter Henry, SNY TV. Summer in New York. Nothing like it, man. How you been? How's your summer going?
1: Summer's good, man. Nothing like summer in New York, man. Ain't nothing like a summer in New York. It is good. We finally got a little bit of uh, slightly cooler weather. We getting some days in the 80s, so it's nice. I've been enjoying it. Um, just working, enjoying life, man. Just enjoy life. life is good. Life is yeah, good.
0: Yeah, a lot of concerts in the area. Drake, yeah. Beyonce right across the I bridge. Saw, I,
1: I, went, I went to see Beyonce on uh, this past Sunday. That was fantastic. As Give me some highlights. What, what were your biggest takeaways from the Beyonce Yo, concert? Biggest takeaway from the Beyonce concert, right? Here's the thing. this is my fourth time seeing Beyonce. She, every time she steps it up in terms of the visuals, the visuals were insane for the show. If you've seen the Renaissance tour. You know exactly what I'm talking about. The visuals were insane. That's definitely a highlight. Other thing. I was not somebody who did this. I did not dress up. I did not have props. There were people with props. Yes, there were people with props, people had different things, all kinds of different crazy outfits. I mean, when I say crazy, I mean crazy in a good way. No shade to every people came serious. They, they, They were serious out there. The beehive was serious out there. Um, but as far as the music, man, she did almost everything off the latest album, Renaissance. She did some old stuff uh, as well, too. It was a nice mix, a good theme of what she was going for. Blue Ivy came out and danced with her for a set. That was kind of cool. Uh, so, yeah, it was a good show. But Beyonce is always dope, man. Always dope. So it was a good show. A lot, lot of good stuff. Met Life was rocking. So it was a fun show.
0: Yeah. So it had like a festival vibe, the way people were dressing up.
1: Yes, it had a very much a festival vibe. People were there early. Look, I was there early. I'm not a friend. I was in the building. Uh, the sheet didn't go on till 930. I was in Why not? Make,
0: make it a bay day, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, I was. I was in the building from like quarter to six. So, I mean, you had to get there early, like, and I had some pretty decent seats. So it was, it was a dope show, man. It was a dope yeah. show.
0: Yeah, we were talking about before the recording, it's the off-season, off-season when it comes to basketball. I guess they do have the TBT. I was just outside of Dykeman for uh, New York versus New York. That was great. But when it comes to NBA basketball, Summer League is over. In terms of off-season, what have been your biggest takeaways when it comes to the Knicks?
1: Oh, with the Knicks, is that, listen, I think the Knicks this off-season, my biggest takeaway is two things. I'm going to say front office and then the fans. The fans, some fans, are... Impatient, They don't like that the Knicks haven't got a big name or a big star. But I actually am on the side of I think the Knicks are doing something that's really good. Uh, They have a lot of good continuity. They've built their culture. They added Dante Divincenzo, which is a piece I actually really like. Um, And I think they're showing patience and competence, which is something you haven't seen with the Knicks organization in quite some time. And I think they're building and getting better. And now they have pieces and a really good culture in place. And I do think they'll get another star. To pair with Jalen Brunson, I don't know who that is. I don't think they're going after the wrong star and just trying to get a name like a Carlton Towns or a Zach Levine just to do it. I think they're actually being very mindful of who they're going to go after and who, what fits the team. And I like that because I think the team has an identity. They play a bit of a rugged style. Are they a perfect team? No. Are they a bad team? No. They're a good team with that has the opportunity to get to that contender status. I don't think they're a team that's stuck in the middle because they have a lot of flexibility with their picks. So I like what they've done this offseason. I think they didn't try to do too much. Obviously, they traded Obi, fan favorite. People wanted to see him get more playing time, but that wasn't gonna happen here with the way the roster was constructed. So I think the moves they made are just fine. I I, I really think it's fine. And sometimes in the offseason, your best move could just be a small move. Like a Dante. Over, t-
0: over time, small moves make sense. I mean the compound effect, right?
1: Yeah, yeah there you go. Right? Small moves make sense and continuity matters. I think we sometimes devalue that in sports, right? Where we have to say, "Oh man, we have to make this big change." And I think when you look at the NBA in particular, and you look at the history of the NBA, Andrew, you there's never somebody that makes this one move in the offseason that then puts them to winning a championship. Like people like to think that happens, but it generally doesn't happen. It's usually a series of moves that lead up to this. There's no move that Denver made one move that they made last year that got them to the championship. This was patience. They didn't blow it up when Jamal Murray got hurt. They stayed with Michael Porter Jr. They let that team develop. They got smaller pieces around to fit Jokic and they finally got to that mountaintop. So I I think that's a good lesson for people to learn is that, yes, some sort of people will push back and you say, well, they had a two-time MVP. I get that. But the point being, you still have to be patient. The Knicks have a star in Jalen Brunson. They got to be patient and build and, as they're heading to the right place. And I think it appears that they are doing that. It appears. Yeah. That.
0: I've been talking a lot about how continuity and fit matter so much in the NBA, even more than before, because I feel like the talent pool is so deep. So those stars, like they're not as far away from the middle of the road, NBA player than they used to be. Like Michael Jordan was like so much better than the average NBA player. And I feel like there's just more players that could sneak into an all-star game yeah. at this point in time. You mentioned De Vincenzo and it's really starting to feel like the Nova Knicks.
1: Yeah, It is. is. But you know what? That's something I, that's something I like because I think when guys who've played together and embody a certain culture, like Jalen Brunson, like Josh Hart, like Dante DiVincenzo, we know what those guys are tough, hardworking, underrated. They sort of fit into that mantra, that, that mindset of the team, that culture that you're trying to build. And those guys want to play together. And you're now seeing guys that want to play together, that know each other, that are all about the same vibe and want to come and play in new york and other players that feel that vibe or stars that feel that are want to come and be a part of that and i think that i think that matters you know however you do it whether it's all guys playing from the same college guys who were childhood friends whatever it might be who cares how it's done if they're all about the same thing and about winning and i think those guys are i think that's the biggest thing they're about winning yeah, and a lot of, all those guys have done the dirty things, and they've all been underrated, and are all very good players. Brunson's a star, though. I think it's going to it's going to be great for the locker room. It's great for the vibe of the team, and I I love it. It's Nova Knicks. I'm fine with it. I think they got to bring in Jay Wright. Oh, you're going full. You said you're going full Nova, Supernova. We could call it that, Supernova. Maybe call it Supernova. Um, I am always concerned about coaches who have coached pretty much their whole career in college and coming to an NBA where I'll give a little bit of pause and maybe you want to say I'm not saying it's a bad idea with Jay Wright. Jay Wright was around, obviously, the Olympic program, Team USA. So he's had got some experience around NBA players. And that's where I might say, okay, he's a guy I think that might be able to make this transition. I guess to that, I'll push this back on you, Andrew, is are you saying that you think Tom Thibodeau was taking his team to the most that you think he could take the team. Do you think there's another voice that needs to take him to the next level?
0: I don't mind Tibbs. I just feel like Jay Wright was playing modern basketball before modern basketball existed. Like he was playing with that small ball four, that small ball five, three guard lineup. So I would love to see from an offensive standpoint what he could do with the Knicks. Now, nobody even made this link. This is just me talking, but I would love to see
1: it. And in combination with the Nova Knicks, I think it makes perfect sense. Yeah, it's not, I don't, I don't think it's I don't think it's crazy. I, I don't. I don't think it's crazy at all. And you make very good points about what he obviously did at the collegiate level playing with three guards, playing with smaller four four, stretching the floor in college, which in that game, nobody was really doing. I mean, he right. really uh, started a lot of the spacing. It's a, it's a really good point you make there. And in a way saying that he's already been adjusted to playing modern basketball or what we see in a modern NBA. No, it's not crazy. Um, I wonder how his adjustment would be. He hasn't coached the NBA. Does he want? Does he defensive. want to coach at all anymore? And he want to act- do that. He's yeah. actually a
0: great analyst. So yeah, maybe he he
1: just stay there. Yeah, he's a he's a fantastic, he's a fantastic analyst. But I it's funny. I don't think it'd be a move that Knicks fans would be upset with. But right now, I mean, yeah, I'm with you. I'm also fine with Tibbs. I was just asking because I didn't know if you were on the I don't like Tibbs train. Nah, I'm not. I'm it's just I mean,
0: tips. you know, he has his ways. And he's stuck in them. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, you know, if somebody says, has the game passed the bye, I don't think, I think that's like somewhat of a fair criticism because of the way his offense is ran or lack yeah. of offense. And sometimes I don't even know what the, what the Knicks are really doing on offense, to be honest.
1: Right. I, that's a, I think that's more than a fair criticism with the Knicks. Yeah. My thing about Tibbs is, you know, he's going to bring and have this team well coached and ready to play defensively. Yes. Offensively you look at some of their sets and they they're not very modern
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Or, or, or they're very repetitive and there's not enough fluidity and, and movement to it um and it's, there's not enough creativity i should say that's probably the better word it's not like the guys aren't moving there's not enough creativity in the offensive sets
0: yeah you mentioned obi moving on and i like it for obi because i feel like it's a better fit with indiana actually you know on paper and i've talked about this with okc recently like on paper the paces are really nicely constructed with Tyrese Halliburton. They have guys now like Obi Toppin and then Miles Turner's a stretch, right? It's not like Julius Randle playing ISO ball. So I love what we might be able to see when it comes to like transition basketball with Tyrese and Obi running the floor. I think it's better for him and it's better for the Knicks because him and Julius never really were a great fit with the Knicks on offense or on defense. And when they drafted Obi, I don't think they had in mind that Julius was going to be a Nick for this long.
1: Right, no. And that's everything I've heard from people around the team. And as when they drafted Obi, the plan was that he would be the starting power forward of the future. But then Julius Randle had an All-NBA season, and he's had two in the last three years. And, you know, I said this before about Knicks fans being upset about it. Obi wasn't going to play once that happened. The Knicks had committed long-term money to Julius Randle. As I said, two All-NBA teams in the last three years. Obi's, I think, a good player. And I'm I'm with you. I think he's in a good situation. I think the Knicks got back as good as they could have got for him with two second-round picks. It wasn't going to be better. He even so with the Pacers, they traded Chris Duarte. They got two second-round picks for that, and it's right. another lottery guy. So the Knicks weren't going to do much better than that. It was a sunk cost. I think it was a time to move on. Obi wanted to play, and he was right to want to play. Um, and and he played good in minutes that he got. You got to give him credit for that. I think he'll get more minutes. It'll be interesting to see where he plays. Does he start at the 4 uh, do they play Gerace Walker who looks really good in summer league? I don't want to go crazy in summer league, but no, Walker looked...
0: he could impact the game in multiple ways. He's good. And he,
1: and he's better defensively than Obi, right? Like he's yeah. a much better defensive player than Obi. Right, right. He's going to impact. I agree with you. He's going to impact the game in multiple ways. I like the Pacers as a team. I'm forgetting the Pacers final win total last year. I think they finished with 34, 35. I can't Somewhere remember. around there. Yep. I, 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 it wouldn't shock me if they had – I don't know how much of a jump, but I think they should be competing for a playing spot. I think they're a fun team, and they're well-coached. Rick Carlisle is a fantastic coach. So, yeah, I think they'll be – I think they'll make a jump.
0: It's all. It's so interesting from my perspective how this went full circle because when the Knicks were drafting that year, I was like, draft Tyrese. You guys got so to draft I. Tyrese. Then they go with Obie, and I wasn't mad at Obi. Like, I liked Obie, especially as a college player, and I think he had the tools to become – a very good NBA player, but now it's interesting that I think they have a nice fit on the same team in Indiana.
1: Yeah, it is. It is interesting how it comes full circle, right? But I, I do think he will complement Halliburton well, who's a very good pick and roll player with the ball in his hands. Obviously, can shoot the ball uh, very well, and obviously the passing. We know about that with Halliburton, right? He's gonna he got over ten and a half assists a game. A uh, fantastic player, so I think he can complement him along with how Obi helped stretch the floor. The one thing I like about how Indiana's built their team is. They've got some scorers. They got some guys who put the ball in the bucket. You got Matherin, uh, who excelled, yeah. even if you have him coming off the bench. You still got Buddy Heald, who's yeah. a player who's going to hit a high volume amount of threes. I like Miles Turner stretching the floor. It's actually a player I've been asking wanting the Knicks to trade for. Uh, wouldn't be bad because I think they could use a five that could stretch the floor more. I would actually like to see them draft somebody like that that can help their, their shooting and their spacing. Yeah. But yeah. I, no, man. I think the two of them together, like you're saying, you know, Halliburton and Obi. I think Obi can benefit from playing with Halliburton and vice versa. I think Obi can also help Halliburton's game and another guy you can find to hit the three or in a pick and roll. And yeah, def- they're definitely going to help each other.
0: The overarching theme of this conversation is, you know, fit, right? And continuity. And I feel like RJ might have to look in the mirror and say, how could I help this team? What do I have to prove upon to make this a better basketball team? Because it feels like Julius Randle and Jalen are, are who they are. For Jalen, I mean, if he just stays the way he is, great. Julius obviously isn't the perfect basketball player. Nobody is. But when RJ looks in the mirror, what do you think he should look to improve upon this offseason?
1: For me, for RJ, and I will say this for RJ, RJ, you actually had a pretty good postseason. and yes. played well in seven of the 11 games. Ooh, are, you,
0: are you saying that there, he
1: might have some more trade value now? Oh, definitely. He definitely yeah. does. <laughs> but also, there's also room for him to build upon that, right? To yes, go to your yes, question, right? Like, There's yeah. room for him to build upon what we saw. Knicks fans have been hard on this guy. I personally get impressed when somebody steps up when it matters the most. And he did that, particularly after the first two games against Cleveland where he was terrible. And then he stepped up in seven of 11 games, like I said, had a really strong games. He was a positive. Now, where does he need to improve? First thing, finishing around the rim. got to be a better finisher. Um, He's not a great finisher, and I think that's the thing that's impeded his game. And then the other thing I would say, I think the other thing I would add to him is he's got to get better in the mid-range and pick his spots, right? I think there's a key to him being a very good mid-range player. And when he he needs to look at, I think, players he could really look at is DeMar DeRozan, Kawhi Leonard. I'm not saying he'll be as good as those guys, but the reason those guys are so effective and their games are then able to expand, even DeMar DeRozan doesn't shoot the three that much, but even Kawhi is probably a better example because they was so deadly in the mid range and they knew how to get to their spots and where they were effective. I saw from, I saw from RJ a couple times in the playoffs where he was able to get to the right or left baseline and pull up for a nice 17 footer uh going towards the baseline. And I love that. And I was like, if you can Matt, if you can get to that spot, that shot is there for you. And if you can be a little bit better finishing through contact around and at the rim, then I think he's, he's better. I saw some video and I, I don't know about you, Combo, but sometimes I hate the off-season workout videos because some people want to get hyped off of that. But there was a video going around where he was working on his you know, his first step and blown by and dunking. I saw that the other day. And it's like, he was shooting
0: with SGA. Did you see that one?
1: I didn't see that one. No, I didn't see that one. But I, I assume they're working out to play for Team Canada, and that's cool. You know who I like on the Knicks? SGA. <laughs> I want to want the Knicks. Oh, that's of course. I, I, I mean, I,
0: I mean, hit for, to me, him and Anthony, hours are the future of the NBA.
1: Yeah, um, I, love, I love them. I love them both.
0: I kind of want to see Anthony Edwards win that MVP before SGA does, because I think they're on that trajectory, like all NBA first team MVP, because I want an American player to win MVP. If SGA keeps it going with Canada, man, we might have 10 years in a row with, with, you know, Jokic, Giannis, SGA, Jokic,
1: Luka. Oh man. We might, we need, we need, we need need an American player to come back and dominate and be the best league, but the international talent is so good right now. Um, But yeah, I think those two things RJ can work on. I I think for RJ, this is actually a bigger year than people said from last year. And I say that because of what I saw from the playoffs. I saw potential. I saw things where it's like you could be a little bit better. I also think he could be a little bit better with his ball handling. I think that's something that can improve. I do not think RJ is a finished product. And that's why I'm saying these things. I don't think he's a finished product. I think these are things that he is working on. And one thing i like to say is by all accounts, he talks to people around the Knicks. He talks to people that cover the team. RJ works hard. They say this guy's in the gym all the time. He's working on his game. These are the things you hear about him. So I think this is a big year for him. But I wonder how much playing well, as I said, in seven of those eleven games in the playoffs, what does that do for his confidence? And does that now take him and elevate him to another level?
0: Totally agree with you about your point. Him finishing around the rim, he needs to work on the right hand. He needs to even continue to improve the left hand floater and euros. Just rep that out. I think that's an important part of his skill development. Is movement shooting too much to ask for? I know you like the mid-range, but with Julius Mm -hmm. and Jalen, you know, operating so much with the basketball in the mid-range into the basket, can we see RJ just move without the basketball? Because the corner three has been pretty good at times.
1: Can we see more of that from him, you think? I think you need to see more of that from him and not even just him. You need to see more of that from him. You need to see that from Grimes because of, especially because of what we talked about with Tibbs. Because of the way the offense is, right, where it's just not that creative, and I wish the Knicks had some more creativity to their offense, you're going to need more of that movement. And I think that's actually more in the coaching staff than anything, right? How are you getting these guys to move, come off of pin downs, come off of, come off of screens where you're they're able to get these kind of quality shots and hit that and hit that? And listen, to be able to shoot the ball, as you know very well, off of movement is working on your conditioning. You're focusing mm-hmm. your conditioning. That's, it takes a lot of that, right? Because it's, it's not you creating, it's you being able to move around, lose your defender and be able to square up and knock that shot down. That's going to take conditioning. And that's, that's work. That's work. You got to put in the off season, but also the coaching staff has encouraged you that this is something they want in the offense. Yeah, it might sound like we're
0: picking on RJ, but we're actually praising no, him because because we believe that you know he can improve probably more than yeah. anybody on the team. Because like Jalen and Julius just are who they are, and Jalen's great. And you know, as I said, Julius not the perfect player, but he's been all NBA. But like r- RJ is really that guy that can like make all the difference for this team on both sides of the floor.
1: Yeah, he's there's there's no doubt in my mind like he's the X factor. I think in a lot of things. Yeah, I think exactly exactly. And I'm watching him and I'm watching Grimes this season Mm -hmm. to see what those guys can do to add to their bag. Can they get their games to another level? And it doesn't have to be a major jump. It can be an incremental jump for for either. I think where RJ is more about, if you, if I, I would tell you right now, even if the mid range stuff didn't come, but if you told me, I saw this year, he was a much better finisher at the basket. That's going to do leaps and bounds for this team, leaps and bounds for this team and himself. It's going to open up the rest of his game. He needs to unlock one of those two things that will open up the rest of his game.
0: We've been talking slow and steady. We've been talking continuity and fit. But I have to talk about splashy moves on the podcast or possible splashy moves. I know you're not the biggest fan of it, but, you know, we hear Dame, we hear Cat, we hear Joel. Do any of those guys pique your interest in terms of you wanting to see them in a Knicks uniform? I mean, Cat is that stretch big. You've been talking about the stretch big. I don't Um, believe in him. I don't
1: (laughs) believe in
0: him at all. Who out of those guys would you like to see in a Knicks uniform? And which of those guys would be
1: most realistic chance of having in a Knicks uniform? The guy I want to see the most in the Knicks uniform out of that group. Uh, you said Cat, Dane, Joel. Joel. I mean, Do- Donovan's in the mix as well. Yeah, I would say Joel. That's the guy I would want to see the most. Mm-hmm. I actually also think it's the guy that's the most. Re- I think he answers both questions. And I think it's the most realistic. I would probably put Donovan behind it because I actually don't think Donovan, <laughs> I don't think Donovan Mitchell staying in Cleveland at all. I don't think he'll sign an extension there. I don't have any information on that. I just don't think that he will. Um, it wouldn't shock me if in a couple of years he's still flirting with trying to come back to New York. That would not shock me um, as a free agent. But I think realistically, because there's so much up in the air with Philly, I-, I think that's not crazy. And look, Embiid's a good two-way big. Obviously the injuries are a concern with him. Is definitely a concern, but I think he's the best of those guys you mentioned. He's the best two-way player.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's the MVP,
1: right? Yeah, he's the (laughs) MVP of the league. He's the best two-way player. Um, When he's healthy, you know what he can do. Obviously, he needs to be better in big-time games. He's not been great in game sixes and sevens, but I think he's the kind of guy you pair with a Jalen Brunson. He's cooking. They're both tough-nosed and gritty. Embiid while the injuries is a tough guy, I love how he plays. He could play to the crowd. He wants to win. He's a hard worker. Yeah. I think he's the most realistic and also would be the best fit.
0: Yeah. I've been talking about this with Joel. And I even tweeted that like once James Harden made that trade request, he essentially opted in to opt out. I don't know if he'll even get out of there at this point. I was like, this is the beginning of the end for Joel, in my opinion. And you know, there was some people saying, no, Joel's a Sixer for life. And then a few weeks later, or I don't know what it was, he was on like a podcast or he was publicly yep. speaking, and he would say, hey, I want to win a championship, whether it's in Philly or somewhere else. Not verbatim, but that's basically what he said.
1: He he knows he knows he knew exactly damn well what he was doing when he said that, right? Like I I I think that was sending a message to his front office. And I don't think I don't think Joel and Embiid will be Embiid will be traded this year. I don't think that'll happen, but depending on what happens with the Harden situation, I think it's very telling. So look into by the trade deadline, look towards the end of the year. I think it's very telling. I think you're right. This is the beginning of, at least I'll say this. I might not say it's the beginning of the end, but at least it's the beginning of him looking at the situation and being like, "Yo, what's going on here? Now there's a lot of hurdles. Will the Sixers trade, especially with Daryl Morey, will they trade in the division, in the conference? I don't know, but... The Knicks short of the assets to go get Joel Embiid, and Joel Embiid would make a lot of sense for them. Carlton Towns, no, don't trust that man. In the Fit wise, do you, don't you think it makes sense? Fit wise? Carlton Towns is, is maddeningly inconsistent.
0: You feel like they would have to give up too much for him. Like if you could just get him for not that much, like you, you wouldn't yeah. mind it, right?
1: I, I probably wouldn't, but I, I don't love him defensively. You don't feel he's a winning player, is the vibe I'm getting. I I think he can win with him. I don't think he's that dude. I don't think he could be one of the best players. He's the best player. Well, too. you got you got
0: Randall and Brunson. Maybe he could be the third guy. No?
1: He doesn't think of himself as third <laughs> guy. <very nice.
0: laughs> oh, so that's the problem. Self-awareness. We that's, figured that's, it out. Yeah, that Self-awareness.
1: Yeah, it. it, it's <sighs> – Listen, I like a stretch big. Like, I like a big that can stretch the floor. I prefer to play a little bit more defense, which is why I like a Joel Embiid. I've just seen Kauai Towns in the playoffs look amazing for a two-game stretch, and then commit three dumb fouls in ten minutes. And I don't even think he's the best player on his own team right now. Yeah, Anthony Edwards oh, is, is.
0: Oh, the that's guy. Anthony Edwards' team. Yeah. Oh, that's Anthony Edwards' team.
1: Yeah, I see, but I don't I mean, think. It, it, but, but
0: I'm biased because I think it's Anthony Edwards' league soon. But so that's just me. Like you know, I like Anthony
1: Edwards team yeah. a lot. I'm with yeah. you. I think it is his team. I don't think Cat knows that, but it is it's Anthony Edwards' team. So I I just think I just it's I hate to say I just don't see him as a guy. Talent wise, you look at that combo and you're like, man, it makes sense next to Brunson. I see the I see it. You're like a stretch big pick, but I just don't trust him. I think Carlton Towns is what he is. And I've eight years in the league. I've seen enough. And I'm kind of just like, it doesn't mean I don't think you can win with Carlton Towns because I think that's ridiculous to say you can't win with him. I just think he's a very talented player, but I don't think he, if there was a, if he was the third guy, I'd probably feel better, but you're asking him to be number two. And I'm not very confident in that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah,
0: that's fair. You know, I don't know Kat personally, but from some of his uh, podcast conversations, it's very interesting. I'll tell you that. So that's like another thing. Like, where's his, where's his mental at, you know? What's going on there? That, that that's yeah. big in basketball. That's big.
1: It is no c- mental confidence is it's yeah. huge in life. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. One hundred percent. You want to do one hundred percent? You know, like, and here's the thing: I want to, and I want to be very clear with Carlton Townsend. This is not to to rag on him, and I don't know him personally. And I also want to be fair. He's been through a lot in his life. Yes, that's fair. Um, there's, very there's fair. Been a lot of loss he's had in the last couple of years. And I want to. I thought I thought about this with him, and I wonder if he will because there's been a lot of grief around him, if he'll get to a point of clarity where he yeah. might feel refocused on basketball. I think sometimes we forget about the human stuff, too. And I'm not making excuses for a performance on the court, but I'm just saying it's part of it's life. Fair, I mean, it's it's, it's fair. It's fair. Thing. It's fair.
0: No, that's a fair statement for, for sure. All right, last thing before we get out of here, Dexter's expectations for the Knicks this season.
1: Oh, this is – wow. I feel like you're the earliest person to ask me this question, but I'm glad you're doing it. I think – that the Knicks are actually going to be a better team than they were last year in the regular season. The Knicks won 47 games. That probably surprised a lot of people. Last year, I believe I picked them to win 43 or 44 games. They won three more than that. I think with Divincenzo, I think another year of this team having Josh Hart for a full season, if healthy, I think R.J. Barrett makes some improvements, grimes us too quickly, I think will even be better. I think everybody gets a little bit, at least incrementally better. Maybe somebody takes a bigger leap. If I had to put money on it, I have a feeling it would be Grimes. But I think they are at least three wins better than they were last year. So, yeah, I'm putting them – give me 50 wins for the Knicks. Uh, I think I saw their over-under for Vegas was at 45. I would take the over on that. Uh, Give me 50 wins for the Knicks. I can see them being a 50-win team. I think they're a solid team. I don't think they're in a contender status yet, but they're moving up to that. And I'm going to give them 50 wins. I think they're going to have a very strong regular season. They're going to play hard. Uh, I think they know who they are. They know what they're about. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Nicks Knicks as a 50-win team this year, Five zero.
0: Very fair. You know, we talked about RJ is that X factor, so he's going to have a lot to do with it. But I think that's fair. 50 games is fair. Dexter, great insights on the Knicks. You cover more than the Knicks. Where can we find all your work? Football, basketball, every other sport you cover?
1: You can see me. I'm the weekend sports anchor for SNY and the New York Post, a digital partnership. You can catch me on either of their YouTube channels. Also, they tweet out all my work all the time on SNY's Y's Twitter uh new york post sports twitter you can follow me at d henry tv on all social media platforms you can see all my work there so follow me and do some good stuff uh we, we andrew's been on with me combo's been on with me before he will be back during the nba season because we'll talk nba so i'll have him on with me again he's done it so you can see us both there and uh thanks man for having me again always good to come on and talk with you
0: Always great talking basketball. Looking forward to all of that and more. Every conversation we have gets better, Dexter. Come on, man. Always. Always good. (laughs) We'll we'll talk soon, bro. Later. All right, man. There it was. Another episode of Combos Court is in the books. Big shouts to Dexter for joining in. We appreciate you, Combo Nation. Punch down on that subscribe button if you haven't already. Rate and review the show wherever you listen to Combos Court. And if you listen to this episode in its entirety, let me know by sharing it on your IG stories. That's where I take a screenshot of this episode. Post it on your IG stories and tag me on there at 12combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. We're almost at 500, man. Be on the lookout for episode 497. Combo out.